Thank you for tuning in for another uh, episode of Casually Christian presented by Livestream My Event. Uh, for those who are joining us for the first time here at Casually Christian, we talk about people's lives, their passion, and their interests. Uh, so if you haven't uh, subscribed yet, please uh, hit like and subscribe and smash that notification bell to catch our latest episodes of Casually Christian. So uh, people who've been, uh, you know, know me, my friends, my family, they know that I'm into puppetry. I, you know, I love ventriloquism. I've always been into it. And um, that's why I have my buddy in the background, uh, Carlos. Uh, and um, and I, you know, I wanted to reach out to a puppeteer, and I was following this um, this this person, uh, Connor Asher. He, uh, I seeing his story on Instagram. It's 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 awesome because he's making a living uh, doing his uh, puppetry. And um, no, for no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please uh, welcome Connor Asher to uh, Casually Christian for the first time. I really appreciate it, buddy, man. Uh, you know, I, I know like you're busy and for you to take a little bit uh, part of your day to talk to us for, you know, about your about your journey into puppetry. I, I really appreciate it, man. My pleasure. No, thank you so much for having me on and being persistent and patient. Uh, I'm so okay. glad to be here today. So where are you at? Like, are you in Michigan? Yes. So uh, prior. So for the last year and a half, I have oh. been in Kalamazoo, Michigan, had to you know, upsides, downsides. Yeah. I was in Chicago forever. And okay. that was my hometown where I grew up and where I started my business. And with uh, the pandemic, yeah. I could not afford to live there anymore. And so I, I had see. to pack up bags really quick and yeah. move out here. So rent has been a lot cheaper, which <laughs> I can't complain about. Um, That's always good, man. Because like, yeah, yeah. it's okay if you have to buckle down, but it's as long as you're you're with your somebody that you love. Um, yeah, I don't know if you're together with like somebody, uh, if you have a girlfriend. Yeah. So I mean, yep. like, that's all that matters. If you guys are happy and smaller, it means that you're going to be more intimate with each other, right? So, it's it's For fine. Sure. And plus, in exactly. the pandemic, I would imagine that you're pr pretty busy. You still had things to do. You're still creating your puppets, and uh, definitely. You know, like let's start from the beginning, man. Can you tell us yeah. how did he get into uh, puppetry? Like, were you it was that were you into that like in elementary school? Because I know people who are. Uh, I mean, it's it's been part of their lives. It's part of their identities. So, uh, is that something that that started your journey from such a young age? Absolutely, I am pretty similar in that <clears throat> where puppetry has always been a part of my life, one way or another. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as a kid, I grew up watching Mister Rogers' Neighborhood and. Yeah. Sesame Street, and those were the two shows where I was like constantly glued to. I loved, I knew that there was something really special about them. Mm -hmm. And with that, you know, my parents bought me a couple puppets when I was a kid, and I would play with those all the time. I'd put on little puppet shows in yeah. the basements and would have, you know, um, neighborhood kids and friends and family sit on the basement stairs and just watch my probably terrible puppet show but <laughs> i love that. that that's cool man like i well, as a young as a kid too like i made some uh puppets through socks i had like i remember like i created like a sock puppet like i but i never like really because my background is film and i pursued film but you were following the puppetry which is really cool and um I, like at what point in your like was it in high school that you said to yourself like i'm gonna start i'm gonna pursue this like tell us your journey after high school like definitely yeah so it's so you know i did a lot of puppets as kid as a kid and was always doing artistic things uh long story short my basement flooded and i oh, wow. kind of forgot about puppetry for a long time yeah just because all the puppets are gone um was it because of a storm or is just like some pipes broke <laughs> Yeah, big. There was a big storm in Chicago a couple of years ago that flooded so many basements, and uh, so yeah, every everything was ruined and <laughs> washed away yeah. for a little while. But uh, yeah, it was it was definitely tough. But do you know? Growing up, I was always doing things within the arts. I was doing video production for yeah. a while, um, lots of drawing, lots of writing, and in high school uh through one of the people i started working with uh he told me it was like hey this new muppet movie is coming out you should go watch it mm -hmm. 
okay, sure. <laughs> and then my life was changed. <laughs> and what, what, what was the puppet movie? <clears throat> it was the it was when Disney brought back the Muppets in 2011. Mm-hmm. So it was the movie with Jason Siegel and Amy Adams and that was yeah yeah it was just kind of it was one of those things of like flooding back all the memories yeah like it's blue to the screen you again right yep i knew i knew that there was something special there and then a few months after seeing that i saw kevin clash's documentary being elmo and that was the first time curtain was pulled back i got to see you know everything that happens below that you at least for me mm-hmm. i never thought about i never thought about the puppeteers and everything that went into that to bring those characters Same. to life and so once i saw that i was like yep yep that's what i want to do and so <laughs> 10 and years later yep <laughs> that's awesome man you know uh yeah. i watched that documentary too it was on netflix for a while and i like i i loved it i love I, there were like in I don't know if you watched this documentary about ventriloquism too. It was on Netflix for a while. And I saw that. I saw, yeah, it was really, it was really cool. Cause like there was this lady, the family disowned her cause she was a ventriloquist. Oh, yeah. And oh, uh, she goodness. was really nice. She's like, she like her puppet was like a bird. And like, she was really like, it's, it's really about the movement that really sells the puppet, you know, the, the, you know, and she was really good at it and it was really sad. And then like in the end of the documentary, she was reconnected with her son and, you know, they had a moment. But it's not like, were you, were, was your family pretty supportive about this? Because I know some, some, some folks, they get a little, it's like, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. They, they never were, they never put me down about it. That's good. And they've always, yeah, they've always been as supportive as I think they can be. None of my family is in the arts at all. So as far <laughs> as like understanding what yeah. goes on and especially like the business side of it, it's like, oh yeah, you do it for fun. Like. It's a whole nother ball game. So they're they're as supportive as they can be. I would say my probably biggest family influence was mm-hmm. my grandmother because she was the mm-hmm. one who was like full gun ho, like would sit at like she was the one who would sit on my basement steps just sitting there watching me do puppet shows over and over. It's like, keep going. Yeah, let's like <laughs> go for yeah, it. Don't so, stop. Yep. <laughs> she was definitely my big supporter. Um, so I saw recently that you were um, that you were uh, in that you got into the Jim Henson workshop and what how did that happen like how did you what was the requirements of getting into that program and was this your first time in Lo- in Los Angeles because uh, the Jim Henson company is in LA and uh, you know I was going to film school like, and it was close to the Jim Henson company because I went to film school like uh, about 15 years ago and seeing that building it was almost seeing like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory because the <laughs> gates are closed you know what i mean it's very mysterious and you know that's every time i see it it's like i want to get in there and that you you got the keys and you got you know got in there man and you met like a lot of talented people in that workshop so how how did uh what was the application like and what you know i guess talk us through it sure no i know i know exactly what you mean <laughs> <laughs> i've We'll have to talk after about film school and everything because I, I would love to hear more about that. Oh, yeah, I mean, um, we could talk about it's like this is a casual conversation. Okay. You ask me questions and we'll back and forth, you know, we'll get to know each other. Uh, sure. but yeah, let's start with you because you know you're my guest. And if you want to ask me questions about film school, you know, anytime, <laughs> anytime you want to ask. Okay. Uh, well, as far as Los Angeles, I've been there, I was lucky enough to go when I was younger, so in high school, like when I discovered puppetry and so forth, my mother more so was really supportive and trying to push me to like, go out. If you want to go to a convention, you want to go meet these people, you want to try to network and everything, like go for it. And so that's a lot of what I did in high school. It was a lot of just flying out by myself and getting to uh, meet some of these people within the industry and, get to know them and kind of mentor. Was that intimidating? Yes. Because <laughs> you were, you know, a kid, you know? I don't know how old you, you are right now. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Sure. No, I'm 24 right now. 24? Oh, okay. You're still yep. a young buck, you know? But still, yep. I mean, for to to me, grown-ups who are doing this and you're a kid, you know, it's pretty, pretty intimidating. It's like, should I talk to this guy? He's going to think I'm weird, you know? But yeah, it's, that's awesome, dude. Awesome Definitely. that, you, you know, you did it at such a young age. But like, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sorry that I took you away from the story. <laughs> no, not at all. Nope, that's what it, that's what it's all about. Um, but 
yeah, would go out there. And so I've definitely been to LA a few times before mm. going back there. Um, and same every time I passed by the Henson company was, it was a very similar feeling of like, yeah. Willy Wonka, <laughs> let me in. I would yeah. I'd love to go inside. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as far as what, what do you call it? Um, the process for how this whole thing happens. So a few, a few months ago, the Henson company put out an open call, uh, looking for, yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. They put out an open call for, uh, <clears throat> puppeteer looking for puppeteers with mm-hmm. diverse cultural backgrounds for me. I'm Puerto Rican and, mm-hmm. Like my whole mother's side is all from Puerto Rico and uh, it's something I've been trying to embrace more and more because definitely like, yeah, it's it's one of those things for sure. Like I know for me, I've always kind of been put down about because of like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm super pale. And so I just look a certain way. I know you get marginalized, uh, right? You know? Yeah. Yes. It sucks. Yeah. I get marginalized all the time, man. Like I'm putting, I'm putting gas and some lady wanted to ask, she wanted some money. It's like, I'm sorry, sir. I don't speak any Spanish, but can I borrow some money? I'm like, I speak perfect English, <laughs> yes. but you know, I, I totally, <laughs> I totally feel you, man. So like, so you're embracing your heritage and you feel like with the puppetry, like you're, you're, you're showcasing your background. Absolutely. Yep. So there was a lot of that and same even just when that call came out i was like i'm not sure like this is like this is the thing that i've been wanting to do forever but like am i the right fit for this it feels does it feel right and so i had luckily some friends and family and my my lovely lovely girlfriend like help push me it was like yeah like this is like this is who you are like don't be afraid like do it go for it and i'm so glad i did so it was a open call they put out on social media looking for puppeteers to train with them for that whole for three weeks and so i sent in my stuff yeah um and what was the stuff that you sent in oh sure yeah yeah was it was it a reel too yep so i sent in my puppetry reel which i just like i just finished a few (laughs) weeks before my new one so it was like oh this is perfect okay great (laughs) and uh sent those sent those things off and then based off of that it mm. got to a second round and so if they they liked what they saw yeah then they contacted me and was like okay we're gonna do a zoom and and like an in-person audition yeah yeah like a zoom interview yep and so it was kevin clash who was uh elmo yeah and uh he was running the whole puppetry side and Patrick Bristow was doing the improv. And so that was their two big focuses for this particular workshop was improv and puppetry mm-hmm. and uh, got to audition with them. And I did guess they, they liked me enough. And they <laughs> threw you some uh, curveballs like in the improv now, like do this, like how did, like, what was some of the questions or what did they have to have you do in that interview? Absolutely. So I came on and just got to talk to them casually before and uh, yeah, then afterwards, okay, bring out your puppet character. And they, they really specifically wanted an adult character, a more grounded character, not a kitty mm. character. And uh, luckily I have, you know, a couple that I could yeah. pull from and worked on rebuilding this troll character that's very near and dear to me. And, mm-hmm. oh, we had so much <laughs> fun. And so I, I just let that whole thing go off with the troll. And then afterwards they were like, mm. okay, we want to see you. Um, what do you call it? We're gonna we're gonna call out different things that we want to see. Here's the personality. Here's the voice we're kind of looking for. Go and wow. um, went back and forth with them. So yeah, <laughs> is, is it tricky to develop like a like a different voice? Like it's does it throw yes, you off? You know, yes and no. The voices, I guess, aren't so hard. They kind of come very naturally to me, at least. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those, especially if you go into more like voiceover work, which I, I do occasionally. Yeah. Um, it's something where it's like, okay, you've got those couple voices you can pick from. You've got the one at the, you know, your deep throat voice. You've got your nasally voice. You've got your head voice and kind of a combination of putting all those things together. And sometimes 
you know, a bad impression can make a totally new character. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I'd, I'd say, I'd say it's pretty secondary. It comes supernaturally to me as far as voices, the improv side is the, the, uh, the side that I'm kind of, I'm more so uncomfortable with. Like right. I've always been able, you know, to do live events. I'm like, yeah, bounce off of people. But as far as like improv theory and everything super regimented, yeah. that was very new to me. Um, well, you must've done something right. Cause yeah. they accepted you. Like, Yep. So like that was like that was the last stage. That was the last interview, and then they gave you yep. like a letter or like a notice or something. How what was it like? They gave you like an email. It's like congratulations. Yep. Yeah. So it was uh, I think a little over a week wait of just like, ooh, am I gonna hear back? <laughs> I think everyone was feeling the same way who applied, yeah. and then I got the email at like three in the morning. It was like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yep. So it was. How it was. It just. There was, so there were over 2,000 people that applied, mm -hmm. and I know they interviewed uh, so many of those people, yeah. but only 30 people, I think, wow. no, not 30, 32 got in. That's, that's cool. uh, Congratulations, yeah, which man. Was, thank you. Yeah, it was, uh, it was wild, <laughs> for <laughs> sure. <laughs> what, was, uh, what was an experience when you were doing the workshop that, like, what was something that you learned? That you didn't know before that's a lesson that they, you know that that you took back home sure a lot of it was definitely sharpening up some skills and because for me i try to you know practice my monitor puppetry and puppetry just in general as much as i can um but one thing that was really nice for me was the ability to really get to work with some other people because puppetry mm -hmm. is an art form. It's just so it it can be so isolating, uh, you know, where you're you're like a lot of people tend to do everything themselves. I'm one of those people. Yeah. <clears throat> and so working with other people, really like learning how to fill up the frame, really learning how to bounce off of other people was a big thing for me. And yeah. that was a lot of the improv side as far as manipulation gotcha. it was definitely sharpening up those skills um so like uh with yeah. for doing like a project where like there's a tight crew like a tight puppetry crew and if somebody has to step down does that affect the performance uh like i'm sure like the puppet the, the the person behind the puppet gets replaced but does it affect the mojo of, of the performance or is it just you know what I mean? Like, does it does it change the function of the the of the show after somebody who's been with the show for for a while that they get replaced? Does it? I think so. Yeah. It depend. It depends on to what extent. So, like with some of the, I've done a couple like kids TV shows mm -hmm. and things like that, and there was definitely times where they'd put one puppeteer it, like they would bounce puppeteers around. So it's like, okay, you're going to do this puppet for this scene. You're going to do this puppet for this. And mm -hmm. it was very noticeable in the end product where it's like, Oh, he looks like he's moving really nicely here. And then in the other scene is like, Oh wait, yeah. that it's a it's different person. Of, like, yes. Personality. Right. Yep. Very. Yeah. Yep. Exactly, because so so much of it is personality and really yeah. bringing that character to life. And when you sometimes it can be disguised really, really well, and no one <laughs> knows, which is one of the wonderful parts about puppetry. You know, yeah. it's it's all through your hand, so you don't see what's underneath. So if someone can really convey that, and like like a really wonderful example, I think mm -hmm. is uh. Eric Jacobson, uh, he's the one who does who took over Miss Piggy and Grover and mm -hmm. a lot of Frank Oz's characters. And yeah. When he first came on, it was a. I know for a, a vast amount of people, it was like I can't tell the difference. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a good thing because, like, yeah. it has to. It's the character, you know. It's like as long as that puppeteer c captures the essence, the the you know the personality of the puppet, and then you did it. The puppeteer is a good like did a good job, you know absolutely yep and like as it all goes to what ex you know to what extent i think 
TV and film, like, especially because so many of those puppet characters, they, you know, a part of the puppeteer, like soul, they really, really go into the puppets. Like I know with just a few of my own characters alone, like so much of myself goes into those. Yeah. And to where if you, you know, you give that to someone else or it's like <clears> someone else like gets it. Alter ego. Something like yes. that. Right. Yep. Exactly. And what, what was, um, what was the, produ- like, what, like in the workshop, did you guys have to develop like uh, skits or like shows or did you, were you guys given like a play to act out or like, what, what was, what was the, the show that you guys produced at the work, at the workshop? Sure. So it was, it was three, it was a three week intensive. Oh. We were there from pretty much 9am to 5pm every single day. Ooh their whole soundstage was where we worked and it was broken into four different sections, Hmm. one teacher in each section, two improv teachers and two puppetry teachers. And, uh, the two puppet teachers were Donna Kimball and Hmm. Kevin clash. Donna was working really, really well on puppet technique and manipulation. And Kevin was definitely working on, puppet choreography and like being like a puppet captain um and so it was really nice as well like for me as a puppeteer and i know so many other folks can probably vouch for this just seeing how they work and how they think while they're working and coaching and teaching um but so to to go back sorry (laughs) um yep it was it was three weeks of that so we did puppetry in the morning and then improv in the afternoon. There was a couple different groups. So That's we were cool, all kind man. of split up in COVID pods, masked up. And yeah. we were all fully vaxxed and, uh, you know, COVID tests every couple days just to keep up on it, uh, which was wonderful on the Henson Company's part. Yeah. And um, and is Kevin Clash, is he a nice guy? He seems like a pretty nice guy, like on camera. Is he like pretty strict? Is he a strict me- like mentor? Definitely. Yep. I, I only got to know him through, through teaching role, but yeah, he was, he's definitely, he's hard, but he is very, very good at what he does. And uh-huh. he know like, yep, he's a very, because uh, that, that's, that's the thing too, is a, like, you know, through these past few years, I've become a instructor and I've taught a bunch of workshops yeah. and have a deep appreciation for people who know how to teach mm-hmm. and everyone knows how to teach in different ways. He's a very hands-on person. I'd okay. say for sure. Like That's very, yep. Very physical, like direct. And he sees a picture in his brain and that's what he's trying to get out. And like, so. I see like how you're doing that with your hand and like, is that like something they had to do first, like get practice to like getting that form and then you put, then you get into the puppet like you know what I mean? Like you practice first, like this with the, with the what's it called? The plates? I seen those plates. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Plates. You can use the mouth plates or the usually the practice peepers. So it's like those two oh, eyes. Yeah, like that's right. Ping pong ball and then little eyes. Sorry. Um, that's like the introduction. Like that's the introduction of puppetry, right? Like learning how to do that. Because like I saw that you're supposed to talk with your with your thumb, right? Because like you don't talk with your mouth, like the upper mouth. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's one of, so when I, when I conduct puppetry classes, that's one thing that I'm really big on of Mm. starting everyone off with, we're going to get down what's in here before we worry about what's external, because this is all, this is what truly matters. Like this is the, this is your puppet skeleton. And if this isn't right, nothing else is going to be right. So particularly for television puppetry, where you're really focused on, precise movements mm-hmm. and uh especially eye focus because that was one of the big revolutionary things that Henson discovered when you know learning how to work this way was to get that really intimate feel with your audiences have that puppet look at camera and mm. it was it was that kind of intimate relationship with the yeah. audience that really made those characters feel alive and then of course the ability for the puppeteers to see what they're doing while they're doing it so that they can frame their performance and everything. Um, but yeah, I definitely would start out with the eyes cause then you can practice focus and then just 
basic lip sync. So okay. anytime you open your mouth, you open the mouth of the puppet. And yeah, those those yeah. are those I'd say those are the two big ones for television style puppets, and then you just keep adding on layers. Cause um, you know, I just barely started like getting into like I bought like a puppet and uh like it's kinda it's kinda difficult, you know, getting it down because like I'm using the this to move the mouth. And I know you're supposed to do it the other way. And I'm trying to, I'm still practicing. How often do you practice to get, cause you know, obviously it's a muscle, you know, like the more training you do, the better you get at it, you know? So do you practice for like two hours a day or at least do you set some time to do that to get your training? Except you, you said it perfectly. It is, it's one of those puppetry in particular, especially mm -hmm. TV work, working with monitors is a very difficult skill hmm. and it's one if you don't use it you lose it <clears throat> um like i know for myself over uh you know prior to the workshop was i was just almost exclusively building i was doing very little performance like i used to and so i wasn't you know getting as much routine practice as i could yeah. um because it, it's, like I said, very different avenues, you know, with going into puppetry. Are you a puppet builder? Are you a puppet wrangler? Are you a, mm. or just a puppeteer? <clears throat> and being a puppeteer has a lot of, you know, what a typical, it, it's, it's a very performer, much what it's, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a performer, it's an actor, and it's just a different, a different form of it. Um, I so love it, man. Me, like, what's a yeah. puppet wrangler? What's a puppet wrangler? I never heard that. Is that like they collect the puppets and they distribute it to the puppeteers, or like, I what's a puppet wrangler? Yeah, that's yep. You guys, that's basically, it. I just, it. I just threw a dart. Like, <laughs> so well, that's what I, I think, you know. Yeah, so a, a puppet wrangler, it's basically makeup and wardrobe for puppets. Oh, okay. So those are the people who are usually on set with puppeteers. They're the ones who you know. Are taking care of the puppets at every moment. So if something rips, a seam ripped yeah. open during a scene, something needs to be rigged to the puppet's hand. They're the ones who would take care of all of that. And, you know, puppeteers ready to perform and mm -hmm. it's time to put puppets on. They, they would come over and help get the puppets on. And yeah, they're, they're taking care of the puppets. So important. So important. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't know that. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know that was, that was their duty, you know. I thought it was just like they just collect them and then like, oh, they 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 nurse them if they get they stitch them back up, you know, if they get damaged or something. Uh, exactly. But, you know, I saw yeah. that you're also you also build puppets too. You also build your own uh, uh, creatures, you know. Uh, so like, so you're also not only a performer, you also build your own characters. I do. And how long does that take? Because it's craftsmanship, you know. Because this takes so you know. This one's like mass produced, but like something um, like with yours, like it's you're you're doing it your on your own. Like you're starting it from like the foam, the the you know like how do, how do, how long does that take? Or it really depends on the character. Yes, it depend depends a lot on the character. <clears throat> um, so the way this you know it depends on what you're starting with like do you already have the patterns or are you making everything up from scratch for for me especially when i'm designing a custom puppet for someone or even myself yeah. it always starts with a design of some kind and seeing that design especially if you can get it from different angles to really see all the different shapes and then start breaking that down and then once you have those basic shapes down, you make patterns and then it's just a process. So typically for me, when I'm building a custom puppet, it can take anywhere from 60 to 180 hours. Wow. It depends all on complexity and I see what's going into it. And same, you know, every project is different. There's some skills that are transferable and, you know, like yeah it's like, it's like oh i made it one exactly yeah there's always always new skills like uh in the last year i made a einstein puppet and that character had uh 3d sculpted hair and to mm. cover all of that was <laughs> a <sick>. nightmare <laughs> <laughs> i bet you were pretty frustrated it's like why isn't it working <laughs> yeah it's it's one of, it's 
building building for me i it's it's enjoyable i am definitely a performer first building mm-hmm. is always secondary because one of the things like the thing that brings me joy for what i do is knowing and loving bringing characters to life and so whether that means building or performing but building is definitely secondary for me yeah <clears throat> um just because yeah just because it's really really time consuming and have you, it's um, definitely have you built oh, a, sure. a, a puppet that like the like the eyebrows move or them some kind of like movement in the facial have you done something like that definitely yeah there's uh every i try to stay away from it because animations uh-huh. and mechs like that uh-huh can tend to have a lot of problems over time right. like it's one of those like oh look it broke now we need to send it back and oh. fix it up or whatever happens right. but it's something i i will try to do occasionally from. uh just it, it depends on the character like yeah. it's one of those i think a lot of people tend to overuse and abuse it mm-hmm. where not every puppet needs a mechanism <clears throat> i think uh for me, puppets are really effective if it's something that helps make the character stronger. Mm. So, like, um, with uh, this troll puppet I was talking about earlier when I recently rebuilt him, mm-hmm. one of the things I wanted to do that I didn't do the first time was add in an eyebrow mechanism <clears throat> just to really help give him different expressions. Like, if he wants to be surprised, he can do that. Or yeah. if he's really mad and angry which he usually is he's <laughs> you know can really frown yeah um so it's it's it depends on the design i try not to as much but i have definitely made quite a few have you uh thought about making like a ventriloquist head you know like a like a, you know like with the puller like the pulleys and all that have you ever tried doing that or is that like too <laughs> to that because I, I i looked into it it's like this is a lot <laughs> it's like i'm not you know I, I don't have the patience or the skills to to do that and i was wondering if uh if you wanted to do that like if you want to try to approach to create like a like a ventriloquist uh, puppet sure yeah it usually depends on the project uh i've built kind of any i've built almost i've I feel I've built many different styles of puppets because oh, okay. that, that's one of the things like, you know, there's when going into puppetry, it's one of those, what kind of style do you want to do? Do you want to do mm-hmm. a little bit of everything? Do you want to just focus on marionettes? Do you want to focus on the, you know, hand rod Muppet style puppetry? What do you want to do? So for me and my company in particular, that's like, we, I definitely specialize in Muppet style puppets, but I am not afraid of the other ones and mm. I love using other styles of puppetry when I can. Um, do you love a challenge? <clears throat> I, you I don't do. shy away from it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> it's good. That's how yeah. you know. The more you, you know, because you step out of your comfort zone and you get something that you didn't think that you would be able to accomplish. And the sense of accomplishment when you actually do it, it's, it feels pretty good, you know? Definitely. Yeah. And there's, you know, it's different skill sets for every different style of puppets where, you know, you're using a rod puppet. You're just learning how to manipulate and control that rod. Uh, You know, marionettes, it's working with the strings, not getting them tangled. And did he go to the, it's very different. Did he go to the Bob Barker, uh, Bob Baker, Bob Baker uh, marionette theater in LA? Did you go to see that when you were over here in Los Angeles? I went. So yes. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. I went to their old theater where they mm-hmm. were before yeah. they moved. Because they're relocated. Uh, I have not been to the new one. Yep. Yeah, I haven't yeah, been, to, I've the not new been one. to the new one yet. Because they were there for a very long time. And actually, like, uh, the Bob Baker Marinette Theater, it's one of the oldest uh, puppet theaters here in, in the United States. And uh, it was, uh, I think, it, let me see, it was founded by Bob Baker in 1963. So, uh, yeah, they've been... Uh, Bob Baker, he actually helped Walt Disney create the Pinocchio ride in Disneyland. If you guys don't know about that, like all the, like the the puppet shop and all that, it's all is designed by Bob Baker. That was pretty cool. That's a little factoid for you guys. Uh, but I, I, you know, like when I was a kid, we were that was a field trip, 
And as I was growing mm-hmm. up, oh my, like, what was that theater that I went to? It seemed like a like a dream because it was like <laughs> in kindergarten. Oh my, did that did that really happen? And then you know, social media. I finally found this. Like, of course. Thank you. Thank you, Facebook. <laughs> you know, because I was like, okay, so it wasn't a fever dream. It, like, this actually exists. And as soon as I found out where it was, I, you know, I bought some tickets and I took my boyfriend to go see a show and it was great. I, it was awesome, you know? And That's uh, did you, well, did you go when you were a kid? Uh, oh, yeah, you did. You saw you were there when it was in the old location. Yeah, I was, I went there like three, I think. In 2017, when I was mm-hmm. there for something else, um, but Mary, marionettes were something I was definitely exposed to as a kid. So, kind of going back to the you know the roots, besides TV, um, one of the big influencer, big influences for me mm-hmm. was going to Navy Pier in Chicago, and there was a marionette show that was there happening all the time, and that I was like. Anytime I went with my parents, I was glued to, I stayed yeah. there. I watched, I probably went up afterwards and was like, can I play with the puppets? Can I, play yeah. with, you know, <laughs> Please. um, yeah. and that was Dave Herzog. Uh, and he's been doing marionettes forever. And he is one of my, now one of my dear mentors and That's friends. Cool, yeah. And, uh, so like I said, marionettes are no stranger. <laughs> I love them anytime I can, uh, but because you know, definitely. like I'm over here close to uh, Tijuana, so like we were we would go to TJ when I was younger, and uh, you know they have like the vendors when you're going towards the border, and they sell the marionettes. So I remember every time I came back, I always came back with the with the marionette puppet until like it got all you know jank, jacked up because of the strings. They all got tangled because I was a crappy kid. And I'm like, it's broken. <laughs> Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marionettes were not good for me as a kid because I would, yeah. I would tangle them almost instantly, and then was just like, "Oh, cool! I have a stuffed animal now. It's yeah, it's no longer going to be a puppet." <laughs> My favorite marionette from uh, mm. when I that I brought from uh, TJ was uh, Popeye. I remember that very vividly. Like mm. it was cool because like he had like the arms; it was wooden, and it was like, I you know, it's one of those things. I wish I could go back in time to get that because it was it was a really cool puppet. Was it uh, one of the the Pelham puppets? Uh, no, That's, it was like one of those, like the, like uh, one of those uh, vendors that like in Tijuana, like you know, like it was like handmade, like you know, like that type gotcha. of puppet. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, so I haven't seen it since. So it just it's a memory now. <laughs> um, but yeah, like um, you know, I got into film school, and uh, I know that you wanted to hear a little bit about my my, my background. I went to yeah. the LA Film School, which was really close to the Jim Henson Company. And I remember, you know, doing some errands for, you know, productions, always passing by it and always wanted to go in there. And still t- to this day, I still haven't, you know, gone through the gates. Uh, but, you know, I, I studied uh, film directing. I was, you know, I'm a writer as well. And you know, I, then uh, my producer, we did some short films about like uh, close to 10 years ago. And he hit me up that he wanted to do like a podcast. And I'm like, let's do it. So we've been doing Casually Christian for close to like over a year now. Wow. Uh yeah, because during the pandemic, we he hit me up like in March of 2020, and we've been doing it since March, March of 2020. So we're still going every other Saturday. Uh, but you know, it's been pretty cool, man. I mean, a lot of a lot of interesting people, like you. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, yeah, do you but... want to like? What's your like goal? Like, what's your dream? Like, like that, and like, where is your journey taking you? Where you wanted to go? Sure. Honestly, I'm still I'm still kind of figuring it out because <clears throat> the pen the pandemic for sure has really shaken up my business and what I do. Like um like I've I've talked about it before a little bit. Like when when everything hit, I lost about eighty percent of my business. Yeah. All overnight. <clears throat> all the shows, all the workshops, which were oh, Yep. Yeah, about eighty percent of everything. Were there any programs that helped you out? Cause I know like when the pandemic was like hitting hard, I was hearing these programs in Long Beach for struggling artists that, you know, like, mm. cause you're in the world, you're performers, you make your, your money performing and nobody's done, doing anything. So there were programs over here uh, to help artists out. Were there any programs that you, uh, that helped you out being a, a, an artist? There were a couple, a couple small ones, yeah. but nothing, Major. nothing sufficient. Yep. 
Yeah. <clears throat> so that was yeah, because it, it was it was a bummer too, in particular because uh, a few months before COVID hit, I finally opened a thousand square foot studio space in mm-hmm. Evanston and was like, cool. I'm gonna teach classes from here. I'm gonna do the shows yeah. and do everything in here, and then uh, had to close it all down once that hit. <clears throat> so it was like, I can who knows where this is going to go and yeah. with where it's gone it's like i'm glad i made that decision mm-hmm. to move everything back home because it's different but it is uh it helps save a lot of money and <laughs> there's you know it's always joys of like oh of course my gosh it's not an it's not a 30 minute hour commute to go to work now i can just walk over to the other bedroom and i can start <laughs> making things yes yeah. i got so, you man. I can't um, complain. <clears throat> with um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, the, uh, you know I was looking at your Instagram and I saw that you uh, you got into this uh, puppet chain letter uh, where like yes. different art, different puppeteers send like a part of the body of the puppet, like from conception to end. And can you tell us a little bit about the? It was am I pronouncing it correct? Is the puppet chain letter? Yep. No. Yeah, you got it. Perfect. Yeah, there it is. It's right there. So that the puppet chain letter was a project that was started by Swazzle and they're a puppet company based out in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, and so during the pandemic, a few months ago, they reached out to um, a bunch of different puppet builders, myself included, and <clears throat> had this idea of, Hey, what if we all make a puppet together? Everybody contributes to a certain part. And then we end up with a finished product <clears throat> and that finished product, not only is it something for all of us to kind of like come together, yeah. make together and get to all know, but then we can auction that puppet off and all the proceeds that we get from it. We're going to help give back to the puppeteers of America. So speaking of one of the things that did help out enormously, um, during the pandemic was the puppeteers of America. They're an organization of puppeteers. Um, and <clears throat> any puppeteer yeah. that's in, in America, like they're a part of them. <laughs> and yeah, so one like, of you, you yeah. built the arms, I saw that you were building the arms for it. And I saw like the video where like you were putting it on the body. And that was really interesting because you were putting like wires inside the arms and, uh, that was neat. And like Thanks. how much, how much, um, how much did you guys uh, end up selling that puppet uh, for, if you don't mind me asking? I don't remember the exact price. You'd have to check on Swazzle's Instagram, but I know yeah. it was it was not two grand, but it was a little over a grand. Which okay. uh, that's cool. I want to take your cause. Yeah, it's it's like that's a steal. Whoever has this puppet, <laughs> they are lucky. <laughs> how much does a puppet, um, like a custom puppet, how much do they usually range? Because I know they're expensive because it's their custom, you know, and for you sure. know the craftsmanship. So it's it's for me like of course it's going to cost like two thousand or even three thousand depending on wow like the design, you know, how much time you spend it. Like how much do you charge for your uh, creations? Sure, it all like all Again, depends on depends. the project deadline, everything else. It's one of the things with custom. So yeah, you had it right. Like custom puppets take so much time so much Mm -hmm. effort it's a lot of especially when you're working with a client and it's something so specific yeah it's a lot of going back and forth with them of is this right here's one sketch iteration are we on the right path are we do we like the same colors okay we got to get this thing out by a certain time so for me i tend I, I charge a couple thousand dollars, uh, usually about five yeah. grand now, but it, it okay. always depends on. Yeah, that's about the price the for a quality puppet, you know? Thanks. Yeah, yeah. it's, yep, just a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of output. Because, <laughs> like, the, the little girl puppet I think you were showing a little while ago, mm-hmm. um, that puppet took like five, six months to make, which was mm-hmm. ridiculous amount of problem solving. <laughs> I mean, it um, looks it looks great. Like that is huge. Like it's really neat. Like that one, yeah. Yep. I mean, you sh- that's really cool, man. <laughs> and that was for a client. Yep, that was for a client. It's a a um, <clears throat> a children's author in Chicago. Oh, that it was looks great, connected man. to me, and 
this has this whole series that they're doing with puppets. So we at we got the contract to build all the puppets, right and so that was the the main character, and we're working on building all the rest now. So well, congratulations! It was because uh, I know yeah. like, the the competition is stiff because you know like you're there's other people who are you know they're there's more they they chose you from a, a pool of other artists you know and i know it's hard For to sure. get, you know and um i hear my puppies fucking like, <laughs> barking in the background <laughs> do you hear my puppies nope no? oh, okay good i'm they're distracting me but anyway <laughs> um well what's one of the best advice you could get somebody who's uh starting out a puppetry who wants to get into puppetry what's something that you could give them I'd say just go for it. <clears throat> like truly, truly, honestly, I know one major thing, and especially I think the older some people get, sometimes mm -hmm. you get more in your head about things. Yeah. I know everyone struggles with that in some way. Like just go for it. Like if that's something you want to try to do, mm. go for it. Like if you, you'll like, you will find the time. It's just a matter of starting. And uh, then in addition to that, because that was one thing for me before I settled on, Okay, puppetry is what I'm what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Here we go. All all cards in. I did a little bit of everything. I was doing storyboarding, I was doing illustrations, I was doing yeah. sculpting. And then at one point it was like, okay, no one knows what I do. I don't really know what I do. And there's only so much time. I'm gonna focus on puppets. But even within puppets, there's so many different different avenues. Like I said, there's mm -hmm. the performer side, there's building and then there's wrangling and mm. so many other things in between um but that's also one of the joys that really attracted me to puppetry in the first mm. place as a profession was it's one of those things you could you'll never get bored because there's it's a combination of so many different art forms yeah. and that's the thing that i really love about it have you gotten any haters in, along your journey Really? Oh yes. You seem like a really <laughs> nice guy, you know. <laughs> I don't see anybody hitting you, you know. Um, yeah, I got some haters too, man. Because like, so far, like these last two videos, I got like a dislike on YouTube. Oh my, somebody, somebody doesn't like me. <laughs> you know. Jeez, it's. I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep, you YouTube is tough because that was an avenue I did for a little while, and. Uh... I don't know what it is with puppetry, but they're yeah. the, Oh, I see. They're there's a lot you. of there's a lot of really wonderful people in puppetry. But there are some bad eggs too, and those bad eggs are yeah. bad. Yeah, um, I got you. Like I guess it was, it yeah. was in any industry, but, right? You're always gonna exactly. have those guys. And that sucks because like puppetry, like it seems like it's very like wholesome, you know. And not, yeah. not all of it, because I don't know if you've seen this uh puppy. Puppet Time Murders, or what was it? it was, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. What was yep. what's the movie called? Happy Time Murders. There you right? go. That one. Okay. Yeah. That's yep. it's it's definitely it deserves the R rating. <laughs> yes. Yep. No, I I am fully with you. It's and, and that that's one of the shames, especially with puppetry. That was one thing that I really, really loved when I first started, was like it's a very inclusive art form. Everyone's like really genuine Diverse. and supportive yeah. of each other yeah and especially diversity like that was a but that's a big thing for me like when i decided i was going to start teaching i've been teaching since uh how long have i been probably eight years now a little over eight years and that was a big thing from the people that i learned from i learned because i learned from some teachers mm -hmm who were, I have a degree and I know everything Yeah, and they were horrible teachers. Yeah. And uh, then the teachers that I found when I started like going off and doing my own things were the teachers who were, no, I don't have a degree, but I'm teaching this because I want to pass down this art form yeah. because I love it. <clears throat> and because, and they've, you know, backed themselves up with the work that they've put out. Like, they've worked on incredible things and just like, yeah, I want to teach this. And uh, that was something that was really important for me when I started mm -hmm. teaching <clears throat> was uh, to be supportive because there's yeah. no reason not to. And uh, yeah, the world, the puppetry world is small. Yeah. The puppetry world is so, so small. 
don't burn bridges. Yeah. Like there's no need to, you know, to be in competition with anyone else. Like it's all like raise each other up. Yeah. That's neat. You know, exactly. That's what it's I feel all about. the same way, man. Um, and what's something that you wish you knew when you're starting out as a puppeteer, like something that, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I know there's a lot of hurdles like along the way. What was something that you wish you knew? Absolutely. Um, for me, I wish I, I knew more of the business side uh. before I started. <clears throat> I have learned many valuable lessons doing what I've done through trial and error. Mm. And luckily I've had some mentors and friends pass down things to me to, you know, to pass down what they've yeah, also yeah. gone through. You know, it's I'm, one of those. I'm pretty sure yeah. you get a deposit before you start working on the character, right? That's a big. Exactly. That's a, yep. yeah. Yep. Contract, like everything. That, that's one of the things of <clears throat> like not even negotiable anymore. Like anytime mm. I do a, a custom puppet for anyone there's yeah, there's a contract yeah. <clears throat> yep um there's a deposit for me i try to honor the 50 percent down <clears throat> and that's your deposit that's non-returnable that goes towards materials research time everything and then the other 50 percent once the puppet's ready to be shipped and uh-huh. everyone has their own ways of doing things but yeah that's that's part that's one thing if I were to go back, because a lot of what I've done has all been through trial and error and figuring things out, would be, yeah, probably business side. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I say that. I think that's. I think that's with every every like every performer, because you think about like it's just the performance, but there's it's the entertainment industry. You know, you're supposed to learn the business side of it. You know, how do you, how do you get your bread? <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. So yeah, like I, I agree too. Yes, I, there should be like a business class for every like performer, you know, how to handle like you know, because there there is no business class. There's just like how do you work on your craft? How to you know they're giving you the tools to be a good performer, but you don't want to get used. You know, you need to get your money, you know, to do it. So yeah, I totally agree, man. Yes, um, it is exactly. Okay. Yep, exactly. It's very easy to be taken advantage of mm-hmm. if you are a nice person and a especially in puppetry Mm -hmm. because in puppetry it's one of those like it's already so looked down upon (laughs) you know it's oh you're wiggling a dolly yeah yeah that can't take much can it (laughs) it's like no fool so yep (laughs) exactly so it's business side is really important and i know i have taught myself and learned many lessons through doing those things but uh i'd say learn as much as you can there are some like formal business classes you can take another really good one. I would recommend uh, that immensely helped me was uh, Stan Winston school. They they're an online school and one of their teachers, Shannon Shea did a business class on the business of making monsters. And a lot of those rules, if you want to be a puppet builder or just same, just have some other backgrounds for industry. Yeah. That is an amazing class, and okay. that one in particular, I took I took with him when it was live, and got to know him, and he became another one of my wonderful mentors, and yeah. it's helped so much. So can't recommend <laughs> cool, it man. enough. Yeah, and um, when you come up with a character's voice, do you come up with the character's character first, or the voice, and then the voice develops the character? How is like your process of developing a character, or really depends. Uh, it really depends if if it's either the voice first or the character first. How would yep, your method? It, yep, exactly. It depends. Uh, sometimes, you know, I'll get a... <clears throat> so that was something really nice with doing the Henson workshop. Mm-hmm. They brought in a couple guest teachers and we got to work with them. So one of the... Not to like name shout out, <laughs> but <laughs> one of the... Uh, teachers they brought in was bob bergen and he's the voice of porky pig okay and like voiceover legend and we got to work exclusively with him on developing characters and bringing them to life um so one thing that was really nice about that was just changing my thinking about it and especially 
I've been doing a lot more auditions lately. So mm-hmm. really just like, okay, is this a new character that's never been done before? Mm-hmm. Is there reference images? If there's reference images, you know, sometimes I can just take a look at a character and was like, okay, like that character is going to sound like this. Like yeah. there's no way he would sound any way different. Gotcha. <laughs> um, you know, and then just play like sometimes it's physical traits, and that's something I really love with characters where it's like maybe it's a little, it's a tiny little character, and then this tiny character has a really deep voice. Like uh-huh. there's something kind of comedic Funny, about that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, other times you just have lines and you have to figure out who this character is with lines. And that's that's something for me I know. I'm working on trying to get better at because that's one thing. Like, there's no visuals. I, yeah, I don't know if I, no. (laughs) But yeah, it 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 all depends. Sometimes it's organic where here the character's already made, then you find a voice. Or other times when I'm building something, usually for myself, I'll go. There's this voice I really love to do, and now I want to find something that's going to work well with that voice. Yep. You know, like, uh, when I got my puppet, Carlos, um, it was the first time I ever got, like, like a puppet, like, in this way. Like, so me doing, like, the whole thing and creating a voice for it, it was, I didn't, I felt silly doing it because I never done anything <laughs> like that before. And, you know, my boyfriend, he's all like, who are you talking to upstairs? Like, I'm, I'm creating a voice. Uh, just leave me alone, you know, because I start getting self-conscious <laughs> about it, you know? So did you, do you, even though you've been doing this for a while, do you still get self-conscious that, people are looking at you like this guy's talking to himself you know or you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, i know exactly yeah. what you're talking about um a lot of me has embraced it it's yeah. like this is this is part of it, it. Like, yeah yeah if you want to get into like if you want to get into this whole thing like it's all like that's what it's all about especially if you want to be a performer like that's what performers do like yeah. they're warming up you know if they're warming up their their singers they want to warm up like they're singing by themselves yeah, yeah. <clears throat> i'm sure my neighbors love me so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know i think about yep. the same thing too because like uh you know i live in a, an apartment and the, sometimes you can hear my neighbor's music so i know they hear me like talking like hey everyone you know like it's like what is this guy doing you know and i'm pretty For i'm sure. pretty loud because like the the character has to be like uh, you know, he has to project, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I know, like, I'm getting into it. And, like, I have a lot of respect for you, you puppet, puppeteers because, like, my arms started to get tired, you know? And then, like, my muscle in my in my thumb was getting, like, cramped up because I wasn't used to using that muscle. I was like, oh, okay. Because, yep. you know, like, you think it's just like, oh, you're just putting your hand in the puppet and that's it. No, like, you have to do it for, like, a long period of time and you have to, it has to like, the hand has to sync with, with what you're saying. And, you know, the character development to like the voice, like it's all like you really, you really think about it until like you actually do it, which, you know, I think it's great. Like I'm still, I'm thinking this is like, for me, this is like a hobby. I would love to do like a kid's show eventually, but right now I'm just trying it out. And uh, yeah, it was really fun talking to you today. Oh, you too. Yeah. That's, that's what it's all about. It's all learning, play. Yep. And exactly like you said, it's all, it's all muscle memory. The more. The more you do it, the more you practice, the easier it'll get. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's always I don't care who you are as a puppeteer, <laughs> it will wear out on you. <laughs> <laughs> like no matter like and there's routines too, you know. Like yeah, there's warm-ups you can do, you can shake out your hands, you can get ready. <clears throat> um and all all of it helps. Like yeah, yeah all all of it helps, but it's definitely the more you practice, the better you'll get. But yeah. well, thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. We had a great conversation. And I, you know, um, for anybody who's been watching Casually Christian today, please remember to uh, follow. What's your handle? What's your Instagram? Sure. Uh, My Instagram, social media is all at Connor Asher, C O N N O R yeah. A S H E R. And if you want to follow my business and more of the puppetry stuff that I do, um, it's at Creventive, C-R-E-V-E-N-T-I-V-E. Yeah, we have it all right here in the comments. Uh, I see the links right here. So if you guys want to follow uh, Connor, just uh, you know, hit those links and uh, 
that'll be great. <laughs> and if you guys are watching this on YouTube, please remember to hit like and subscribe and smash this notification bell to catch the latest episodes of Casually Christians. And I really appreciate it. But Connor, until next time, I would love to have you back on and talk about like you know any future stuff. But uh, until next time, buddy, I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you soon. I'll, I would I'll, love you know, that. Continue to follow you on Instagram. I love your journey <laughs> so far. It's great. Thanks so much, Christian. It was great talking to you. And yeah, let's let's do this again. This is great yeah, for sure. You know, it doesn't have to be puppets. We could talk about anything like movies, comic books, whatever. You seem like a really chill, chill guy, and I still want you know still want to have you on for another episode in the future. That sounds great. Well, all right, sir. Well, have the, a good uh, rest of your day. And for those who are watching, uh, if you guys want to produce your own uh, podcast, please hit up my friend Emmanuel's company at Livestream My Event. He'll set you up in the same manner as he did. So until next time, uh, we'll see you guys on Monday for a Monday update. We're going to continue watching spooky videos together on Casually Christian. So please stay tuned for that. And I'll see you guys soon. Have a good weekend. And, uh, you know, don't party too hard. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you.